Take your Bibles with me and turn them over to Psalm. Psalm. Hopefully with all that clapping, your minds are completely alert now. You that were sleeping are now awake. And again, let me say this. If I neglected to get anybody, please don't, don't hesitate to let me know. And we'll get that taken care of. Um, but I appreciate you people who have been solid and faithful for many, many years. What a blessing it is. This is my home church. I grew up here. And uh, praise God, just what a blessing it is to see many people who have stayed and who have just stuck with it. Psalm 57, let's go ahead and stand together. We'll do that in reverence to the Word of God. Go ahead and stretch your legs. Psalm chapter 57, I want to just start with verse number 7 and we'll read to the end of the chapter. Psalm 57, uh, verse, number 50, uh, verse number 7. The Bible says, My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning, and Lord, I thank you for the people that we've just been able to, to briefly honor. They deserve so much more than that. But Father, I thank you for the opportunity to, to commend faithfulness. Father, I praise you for your faithfulness today. Father, we'd have no opportunity to do anything if it were not for you. And Lord, I ask that as we turn our attention to your word, that today our, our hearts would be touched and our lives would be uh, transformed to be more useful for you. Father, I pray that you just work in our lives and, and help us to be open and willing to let your Holy Spirit touch our hearts as you please. Father, I do ask if there are any in this auditorium this morning that are any downstairs in our junior church, Lord, that have never come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, if they do not know for sure that heaven's their home, because of your promise, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Father, no more, no more wonderful thing could take place today than someone trusting Christ. And Father, I pray that that would be our heart's desire, that would be our mission. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Psalm in chapter 57. The Bible says in verse 7, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. Forty-three years ago, this church, Bible Baptist Church of Prayer to Sheen, was started by faith. And with the hope that God would bless that mustard seed of faith in a way that I believe God has. You see, our testimony this morning could come from many passages, but today, truly, I want the message to be more than one of just retrospect. I want us to see why God has blessed this place. Talking to Brother Dean as he was coming in this morning, he's been here for 41 years. When they started coming to this church, this was not here. They had purchased a piece of property on the north side of town, and he was talking to me how they, they were picking up all the rocks in the yard because they knew one day they were going to build a building out here. And he, say, he talked about how when we started, this, this thing right here that we're sitting in here, this was, this was the whole kit and caboodle, all right, just a couple feet out the back door, but this was everything. And through the years, God has blessed and God has provided and God has done wonderful things in our midst. But I don't want this message to be just one of looking back. You see, I, I want us to look at why God has blessed this place. 
And if God has blessed us for principles in the past, I truly believe that God will continue to bless those same principles today as well as tomorrow. You see, the Bible teaches us that God is no respecter of persons. What God said, He always said. What God does, He always does. And so if we can find those principles and we can allow those to permeate into us and understand and comprehend those, God will continue to do what He has. Growth and success are not based on methods but on principles. Methods, and let me say this, and you need to understand, methods can and will change. Principles never do. You see, a method, and let me explain this, is how you do something. A principle is why you do something. Now, I do believe the how is very important and should be studied. I do believe that how you do something is of great importance, but the why is an absolute necessity for continued success on the same road. I look at our country today, and I believe it's a perfect example of what I'm speaking of. In our country today, we have developed many methods to try to derive success and prosperity. But I will tell you what we need to go back and figure out is not the how, but the why God made us great. You see, our country was founded on biblical precept and on biblical principle. And God blessed our nation not because we were more intelligent, not because we were greater, not because of our race. He did not bless us for those things. God blessed this nation because we blessed our God. And we need to understand that. And I promise you, folks, you can say, well, this is, this is the answer. This political scheme, this, this man, this idea, is, it's not the answer. What the answer is is finding the principles and getting back to the fundamentals of the faith and allowing God to do something and bless in the same way he always has. This morning, I want to look at three principles why we are still here and why we are poised to go forward and to go farther if the Lord Jesus tarries His coming. In Psalm 57 and verse 7, the Bible says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I don't believe there's a stronger verse in the Word of God on principle. You see, David is writing this psalm and he says, God, my heart is set. He said, my heart is firm, my, my heart is anchored on these thoughts. My heart is fixed. And I want to look at three things this morning that our hearts have been fixed on when this church was founded. And by the grace of God, if our heart stays fixed to those things, God will bless us until He comes. Number one this morning, and we'll see this in verse number 10, my heart is fixed on the gospel. In verse 10... The psalmist is writing about why he will praise his God. And he says, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens. He said, my, thy mercy is great unto the heavens. My heart this morning is fixed on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I studied the word mercy as I prepared for this. and It's, it's very fascinating. The word mercy in the English language has no equivalent. You'll find many other words in our English language. You'll have many substitutes. We'll have many other words that could fit into that same sentence and still have a very similar definition. There is no word like mercy in all of the English language. You see, the word mercy, it implies the ability to look beyond the faults. It implies the meaning to be able to administer grace and kindness instead of justice. You see, God's mercy is why you and I this morning are not in hellfire right now. That's God's mercy. 
And folks, this morning, our heart must be fixed on the gospel. This church needs to be a church that believes in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as given in the Holy Scriptures. You see, but we believe in the gospel, and the Bible teaches us that it's finished, and that is available, and that is able to save. The gospel is why this church was built, and the gospel is why this church still exists today. This church is to be, first and foremost, a soul-saving station. Our mission... Our hope and our desires are to keep people out of hell. My heart is to be fixed on the gospel. And folks, today, and I'll say this, there are many places that call themselves outwardly a church. They have the the word on their sign, but I will tell you this, as far as God is concerned, all they have written above the doorframe is Ichabod, the glory of God is departed. Now they may say they're a church, but in all truthfulness, all they are is a social club. They're a place where people come, and yes, they can be a little bit moral and be a little bit religious, but there is truly nothing as far as God's presence is concerned going on there. And we need to understand this morning that if God is going to continue to use this place, not this building, but these people that are gathered here together, if God is going to use us, our heart must be fixed on the gospel. You say, Pastor, what about, what about these social programs? I'm not, I'm not against helping the hungry. I'm not against clothing the naked. I'm not against those things, and we do those things. But folks, I'll tell you the reason we do those things is so, so people might be saved. We don't do it so we can appease our conscience. We don't do it so we can get our name in the paper. We don't do it so we can say, look at us, look at what we did. We do it so that people may be saved. Our heart must be fixed on the gospel. Secondly, and we'll see this also in verse 10, our heart must be fixed on truth. It says, thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth onto the clouds. Scripturally, in many places, you will find the words mercy and truth mixed together. Now, you always find the word mercy before you'll find the word truth, but it makes it no less important. You see, our heart must be fixed on the truth. The name of this body of believers is called Bible Baptist Church. I remember as a young man coming into church one Sunday morning, I was downstairs in the junior church area uh, getting ready to go in, and that morning I had forgotten my Bible. And I remember Pastor Bodie at the time, as he, as he came downstairs, and I don't know if he came downstairs to get a drink or what he did, but he came down and he said, Andy, he said, where's your Bible? He said, it's at home in my room where it belongs, amen? No, I said, it's at home, Pastor. He said, Andy, he said, did you, uh, did you forget your shoes? I said, no, sir. He said, did you forget to put your shirt on this morning? I said, no, sir. He said, Andy, when you come to Bible Baptist Church, you bring your Bible. You see, this is a church that needs to have its heart fixed on truth. The truth of God is revealed to us through the Holy Scriptures. I was speaking to a man several weeks ago, and he was telling me how that he didn't need the Bible. All he needed was the Holy Spirit of God to guide him. And I told him he was, he was wrong. He was a, it was a, it's a heretic teaching. You see, folks, what I want you to understand, the truth of God is revealed to us through the Scriptures, not the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches in John 16 and verse 13 that the Holy Spirit is our guide into all truth. The Holy Spirit is what teaches us what this book says. Now, folks, if you have the Holy Spirit of God and you have been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, but you better understand something. We have to have our heart fixed on the truth. Too many churches today have 
kept the gospel but have forsaken the word of God. And can I tell you what's going to happen before too long? Before too long, they're going to lose the gospel. Because the gospel is shown to us in this book. And it is so vitally important this morning. You see, the reason we have the gospel is because we have a Bible. The reason we have the only gospel is because we have the scriptures. The reason we know we have the only gospel is because of the word of God. Today, I don't need a word of knowledge because I have a word of truth. This book decides all matters of faith and practice. This Bible decides right and wrong. It decides moral and immoral. This Bible determines righteousness or wickedness. This Bible tells me what God says. And folks, we need to have our heart fixed on the Word of God. If this church ever forsakes the Bible, and I'll say this, God will forsake this church. We talk about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the gospel is preeminent as far as doctrine is concerned. But my friend, can I tell you this? As we give certain parts of the Bible away, Satan begins to chip at our understanding. He begins to chip away at the truth that God put forth in his word. And if you don't believe me, you step back and you begin to study the religions, the modern denominations of today. You will find that in many places in America, you could walk into many prophets. Protestant denominations and hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ preached. But that is not the case today. Many churches have perverted the gospel. They have made the gospel something that is is associated with good works or with baptism or with membership to their denomination. And my friend, that is not biblical. And the reason we know that is because of the truth of the scriptures. It's not because I feel a certain way. It's not because I think differently about a matter than another. No, no, no. It's because God said it was so. In my office, I have a bulletin from the Catholic Church that was given to me. The question was asked, is salvation of faith? The answer is heresy. You see, folks, the Bible tells me that salvation is all of grace, mercy, and faith, and it's not of works. I grow so weary of hearing people say, well, well, I hope I'm good enough to get to heaven. Brother, you aren't. You never will be. Don't even worry about it. Do you understand that? You say, well, well, I'm a good person. Yippee, I'm glad you're a good person. That ain't getting you into heaven. My friend, every one of us is a rotten, dirty sinner as far as the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned. And when God, the righteous judge, sits down in that day of judgment and he looks at us, you say, well, I hope my good outweighs my bad. Folks, I'm sorry. You are bad. The Bible says in Romans, the Apostle Paul, one of the most righteous men ever to walk the face of the planet as far as man's standards are concerned, he said, in me that is in my flesh or my body dwelleth no good thing. He didn't say some good things or a few good things. He said no good thing. If he were here today, we would literally canonize him. We would make him someone that is spectacular and wonderful. We would deify that man and say, oh, he's, he's a wonderful man. Yet if he were to get behind this pulpit, he would say that in me, is my, that is in my flesh, there's nothing good. You're not going to get to heaven because you're good. The Bible tells us that. May I say this as well? Whether you want me to or not, I'm going to. Amen. Isn't that good? Brother Jim always hates it when I say that. That's why I say it. The Bible tells us that any other gospel, according to the Scriptures, is to be accursed. Galatians in chapter 1 and verse 9, if you need to look at it. Any gospel that teaches that salvation is not of grace by faith is to be accursed. 
That's God's word. God says if anybody comes to you and tells you that you have to work your way to heaven, they are a liar and that doctrine is to be cursed. If anybody comes to you and says you have to be baptized Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, if you have to be baptized a certain denomination or a certain religion to go to heaven, that person's doctrine is to be cursed. And we need to understand that. You say, well, well, we all believe the same thing. Brother, either we believe the truth or we believe a lie. And this morning, if this church is going to continue, our heart has to be fixed to the truth. You see, this church is here today because our hearts were fixed on truth. Thirdly, this morning, our heart needs to be fixed on His presence. In Psalm chapter 57 and verse 11, the Bible says this. It says, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, Let thy glory be above all the earth. I said, number one, our heart must be fixed on the gospel. And friend, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, please, please, please don't wait. The gospel is the easiest thing to accept. God, in his righteous mercy, saw a sinner condemned to hell. That was you and I. And he offered his love to us in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that person, that individual, that man, that woman, that child can never step into my presence ever. They can never grace my heaven ever. He said, I'll make a way. And my friend, when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary and three days later when he rose from the grave, he offered a salvation that is free to all. And my friend this morning, if you're here this morning and you've never come to the point where you realize you are a sinner, that you are condemned to hell because of your sin, but you see the righteousness of Jesus Christ and you accept Christ as your only begotten sin, if you've never done that this morning, could I beg you to do it? But friend, I want to say this. This church is also here because we desire His presence. My heart is fixed on His presence. This church through the years has tried to take a stand that is pleasing to the Lord. We have chosen many times to call sin, sin. We have tried to practice godliness so that we desire the presence of God more than the presence of man. Now let me say this, this church is not perfect, nor will it ever be. We're far from it. But we truly desire the presence of God. You see, folks, many times in the scriptures, you'll find moments of division as far as those who say they follow God and those that pretend to follow God are concerned. In Exodus, in chapter 32, in verse number 26, and I'll not take you there this morning, but Moses comes in to the camp and he makes this declaration. He says, Who is on the Lord's side? The Levites stand forward and say, We are. And they step across the line, so to speak, that Moses had drawn in the sand. And they say, we are on the Lord's side. And they became the priest nation before God. In Joshua in chapter 24, Joshua looking out over his nation, the 12 tribes of Israel. And he says this in Joshua 24, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. And of course, we know he makes a statement, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. He said, hey, whose presence do you want? 
He said, do you want to have the applause of man or the applause of God? Do you want to have a few moments of fame here or do you want to have your name and your deeds written in heaven? I look in 1 Kings in chapter 18 and we find a man by the name of Elijah and this nation of Israel had gone into apostasy and they'd gone into to idol worship and Baal worship. And Elijah comes before the prophets of Baal and before wicked King Ahab and he, he says, I declare to you a contest. But before he gets up on top of Mount Carmel, before he begins to offer his sacrifice to Jehovah God, he looks at the nation of Israel that is gathered there by the thousands, and he makes this statement. He says, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. He said, whose presence do you want? He said, do you want to follow Jehovah God, or do you want to follow the God Baal? He said, you decide. And this morning, my friend, we've got to come to a place in our hearts as a church family that our heart is fixed on the presence of God. Let me fast forward several thousand years to John in chapter 6. Jesus has just finished his discourse or teaching on the bread of life. Some of them look at Christ and they make this statement. They say, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Jesus looked at them and he said, doth this offend you? And the Bible says in John in chapter 6 that many went back and walked with him no more. Immediately after that takes place, Jesus turns to his twelve and he makes this statement, will ye also go away? And Peter spoke and said, to whom would we go? He said, you have the words of life. But my friend, this morning, can I ask you, is your heart fixed on his presence? You say, well, I, I, I enjoy the fine things of this world. I enjoy the nice things. I enjoy the, uh, uh, my pursuit, my friend, if you desire what this world has to offer, then you truly do not desire the presence of Almighty God. You see, our heart has to be fixed on the gospel. Our heart has to be fixed on the truth. But our heart also must be fixed on His presence. Today, do we desire the presence of God? And I'm not talking about some spooky, nonsensical thing that certain individuals talk about as far as religion is concerned. I'm talking about the very presence of God in our lives that shows that God is real and that shows that God is powerful and shows that God is working in our hearts and in our lives today. This morning, can I ask us, is our heart fixed on His presence? You say, well, hey, Pastor, I'm saved. Praise the Lord, man. Praise Jesus. Heaven rejoice the day you got saved. Hey, Pastor, I, I believe in the Bible. I believe in the truth. And boy, praise God. I'm glad you, you carry your Bible in a church. I, I'm glad you take it with you home. I'm glad you open it and you read the, the wonderful precepts and principles and doctrines of the Word of God. I praise God for that. But may I ask you a question that goes a little bit deeper? Is our heart fixed on His presence? You say, well, 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 of course it is. I'm religious. I'm in church. My friend, if you'll study many of these stories that I just gave you, most of them professed to be Jehovah God's. In John chapter 6, it was his disciples that turned back to follow him no more. It wasn't the godless multitude. It wasn't the heretics. It wasn't the murderers. It wasn't the idolaters. It wasn't the people that we look at and say, of course they won't follow him. It was the people that said, I'll follow you, Jesus. 
But there came a point in time when he left them with a decision. He said, how much do you desire my presence? They said, this is a hard saying. This is a hard saying. We're offended at it, Jesus. It bothers us. It, it stepped on our shoes. It, it irritates us. It, it, it rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it. Will you also go away? See, this morning, if this church is going to go forward, not for 43 more years, but for another year, another decade, and do God's work, our heart must be fixed on the gospel. My friend may I ask you, are you born again? You say, well, I'm in church. I didn't ask that. I'm a good person. Didn't ask that. I've been baptized. Didn't ask that. Are you born again? Do you know, and can you show me in that book that you know Christ and that heaven's your home? You say, well, well, you know, that's, that's a hard question. No, it's not. Not if you know. Are you born again? Our heart is fixed. My heart is fixed on the gospel. Secondly, my heart is fixed on truth. Folks, that book is what makes the difference. That's what sets us apart. It's the truth of the word of God. But lastly, this morning, I want to ask you, is your heart, is our heart, fixed on his presence? Let's go and stand to our feet. In a few moments, we are going to take time for an invitation. Folks, our hearts today need to be fixed in these areas. You say, hey, Pastor, I mean, these sound like some good, good things. There's there some good ideas. No, our heart must be fixed. The psalmist didn't write, my heart is pretty sure. He said, my heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. He said, these are fundamental to who I am and to what I do. I started out talking this morning about methodology or principles. He said, well, that's just how your church says it. No, it's not. It's how God says it. It's a principle we believe. It's why we do what we do. It's not how we do it. And my friend, what we've looked at today is vitally important to our church, to our Christianity. If we step away from these things, we are stepping away from the truth of the Word of God. We are stepping away from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are stepping away from the very presence of the God that we say lives in us. And my friend, I would just beg you, please, during the invitation, if you're without Christ, if you've never come to that place in your life where you know you're born again, again, you, you may think you are, you may hope you are. I, I don't, I've never met a person that says, well, I don't care. I, you know, I don't, give me, don't, don't give a rip. Everybody hopes they are. The Bible doesn't say you can hope you know. It just says you can know. If you're like that here this morning, during the invitation, just just Please get my attention. I would never embarrass you, but I, but I, want, I want you to have someone sh show you from the Word of God how you can be born again. And Christian, is our heart fixed? It's just human nature to wander away from God. We need to pull it back. We need to desire His presence more than L. We need to desire His truth more than pleasure. And my friend, we've got to get back to a place in our lives and in our church, in our church family, our church body, where those things are lifted up and Christ is praised.
as the instruments begin to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar.